I'm Patrick Smith, in for Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. FX's hit show The Bear has gone above and beyond to showcase the dynamic restaurant and bar scene in Chicago in its second season. Sydney, the sous chef in the show, visits a bunch of Chicago's greatest restaurants to explore different flavors ahead of her restaurant's opening day. Places like Kasama, Publican Quality Meats, Lao Peng Yo, and Avec. Even Alice's, the famed karaoke bar in Avondale, makes an appearance. So we thought we'd take the opportunity to talk to some local foodies about their favorite dishes from the featured restaurants and how the show portrays the city's food scene. With us is Chicago food writer David Hammond. David, no spoilers, please, but what do you think of how the show depicts their lives? Well, I've only worked in the food industry once in my life. I've written about it for the last 20 years, but uh, one of my first jobs, and this was how long ago it was, during the summer of love, I worked as a busboy at uh, Stephen's Steakhouse in Oak Park. <laughs> so instead of uh, being out doing the peace and love thing, I was uh, <laughs> slinging old plates. Uh, yeah, I, I found it a generally unpleasant experience being there, <laughs> and I think that's reflected in the bear. In fact, that was a complaint that Rick Bayless, Chef Mc, uh, Rick Bayless, had about the program. He said, it's showing all the bad stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff about working in a restaurant. And I am certain that's true. There's a camaraderie and a friendship that grows among people who are working toward the same goal. It should be serving good food to customers with the highest levels of service possible. Um, So there's that. And you you see that on the bear, too. You see that kind of people growing together as a result of working together under conflict. Yeah, you know, my uh, my experience at uh, multiple kitchens never got past the dish tank. And I got to say, washing dishes is basically never a positive experience. So I don't have positive things to say about kitchens, but I like the food they produce, and I believe the people who are, who are working on the artistry. I want to bring in now Carrie Shepard, a reporter for Axios Chicago and a self-described local foodie. Hi, Carrie. Am I? I don't know. I heard you were self-described. <laughs> That's what it says here on the script. I'm actually... Um, I think I'm maybe a subpar replacement substitute for <laughs> David's uh, co-author oh, and our colleague Monica Ang at Axios, who wrote a piece about all the restaurant cameos um, in The Bear. I do like The Bear, though, and I also have spent time. I was I waited tables for a long time, oh, okay. so I'm aware of kitchen culture. <laughs> what do you think of the way The Bear depicts what it's like to work in the industry or Chicago's food culture? Yeah, I saw David. You mentioned the uh, Rick Bayless comment. Um, I I didn't entirely agree that it was a terrible image. I mean, I think in any job where you have to work from work your way up from the bottom mm-hmm. and kind of do sort of yeah. the menial the, stuff. Yeah, yeah. the menial yeah. stuff. I mean, I did like in the episode where he's like, "Can I wash dishes?" He's like, "We have the best dishwashers in the world. You can't wash dishes." <laughs> like that's not lowly job. Um, I thought it shows it shows a lot of fun and camaraderie. It's really physically hard mm-hmm. to wait tables or work in a kitchen. I think it does uh, I, I think it does show that pretty well. So for this conversation, we're going to mostly focus on the restaurants that Sydney, the character Sydney visited in yes. season two, episode three of The Bear. Some people have called this episode a love letter to Chicago restaurants. There are a lot of great restaurants depicted. I was talking about that in the intro, but obviously a lot got left out because this is an, an amazing food town. Uh, David, I'll start with you. Is there any one place that you felt like shouldn't have was left out and shouldn't have been? Oh, no, I wouldn't leave any of these places out. I mean, there are places that I might have put in. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Sorry, I, I think I phrased that. Is there a place that you wish had been in that episode? Well, yeah, and it would have been a tough one to put in there. 
I think a classic and perhaps one of the best representations of a Chicago original food, a food that was invented in Chicago, the kind of foods we cover in the book I wrote with Monica Eng, uh, Made in Chicago, Stories Behind 30 Great Hometown Bites. Uh, and that would be Al's Beef on Taylor Street, which I think mm. is the epitome of a gr- made-in-Chicago food. It, it could be documented, too. I mean, some of the foods that uh, we list in the book, it, it's a little sketchy. Did this re- Like chicken Vesuvio, was mm-hmm. that really invented in Chicago. It was certainly served at the Vesuvio restaurant. Didn't really originate from Chicago. We just don't know. But the Italian beef, almost without a doubt. I mean, the documentation is there. Started in Chicago. However, they're trying to get away from Italian beef. I know. <laughs> the right. So it's not like, let's go revisit where we're leaving. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what the place I would have included. Right, and and, and the, you know, despite starting at the it, with an Italian beef restaurant, this show is really about sort of fine dining in Chicago, not so much about the dishes that were invented here. Besides Italian beef, which is what your book with Monica Ang is about. Carrie, is there one restaurant that you thought should have been in that third episode, as as we're seeing the sort of food porn? I guess it would have been nice, maybe, if, as David was talking. I was thinking maybe like Calumet Fisheries would be good. A little bit more geographic diversity, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. MacArthur's on the West Side. Um, Sweet Steak is. Is a, oh, yeah. a South Side staple. Oh, yeah. um, I, I'm blanking on the name because I don't eat steak. Uh, on the one in, I think it's in Morgan Park. Oh, uh, uh, home of the hoagie. Home of the hoagie, exactly. So maybe spots like that. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that we as Chicagoans notice is that. A lot of these restaurants are not restaurants that everyday Chicagoans can go to because right. they are very very high priced and, Mm. you know, and some of the best in the world, right? We have some of the best restaurants in the world. So I think they should showcase that beauty. Um, Like the Ever restaurant is in there and that is a beautiful restaurant, Mm -hmm. but like every day you're probably not having dinner uh, ever, (laughs) but you might have a, you might go to home with a hoagie on like a Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or Pizza Lobo or some of the places. Yeah. Yeah. Those were, that was in there. there, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so we are in for a treat today. Speaking of the, the great restaurants that were in there, our producer Brenda picked up a few goodies for us to try from oh these famed my. restaurants that we're talking about. The first up is a mango tart from Kasama in Ukrainian Village. This is the first dish that Sydney tries the morning of her exploration. Uh, I want to take a bite here, so I want to ask a question maybe. Uh, David, I'm going to do this to you. I mean, Kasama, I believe, is the first and so far only Filipino restaurant to have a Michelin star that's in the true. world. I, I, have you have you dined there at Kasama before? I have not, and that, that's a huge gap in my eating experience. <laughs> One thing that I find rather odd is that last month, in June, just last month, Bon Appetit magazine named Kasama as one of the top places to eat a corned beef sandwich. Oh, no kidding. Excuse me, Italian beef sandwich oh, okay. in Chicago. Italian beef. Uh, they don't have Italian beef on the menu. <laughs> what they have is a pork sandwich, which I haven't had, would love to have. And it's in adobo sauce, so it's not really in the typical Italian beef sauce. It's in a very delicious Filipino sauce. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that seems like a, a super stretch to me. <laughs> Not the jus. Uh, yeah. yeah so, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it could be a very delicious sandwich, but Italian beef? No. Beef isn't the same as pork, I've learned. No, that that's true. So, so <laughs> Carrie, you're chewing right now. David, I want no, to no, let, I I let you take a bite here so you can have your first try. Okay. I want to say we've got... We besides we have this mango tart, we all, also have an ube huckleberry b- basque cake from Kasama. 
I've been there once for breakfast and had, had the breakfast sandwich that Sydney had, and uh, it was absolutely incredible. I had it before I was aware of what a, what a hot spot I was <laughs> right. eating at. Have you been there, Carrie? <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. One of the reasons besides seeing you guys and spending time with <laughs> you is when Brenda, the, our producer, said um, she's going to bring in Kasama. I was like, I'm there. No, I'll be there. Because despite the fact that I live down the street from <laughs> Kasama, as you know, I've never been there because yeah. there is always a line around the block. And um, I don't know. I don't have a ton of time to wait in line for tarts. But after I eat this, I might I might get in line. <laughs> <laughs> so, so David, you had your first bite. We were all here for your first try, time trying Kasama. <laughs> what do you think? Would you wait well, in line? Well, the mango tart was Would you fantastic. wait in line for that tart? Uh, well, you know, I, hate, I also hate waiting in line. However, <laughs> at Home of the Hoagie a few months ago, I waited 90 minutes for my sweet steak. So that's... I will wait. But you were called... writing a book, to be fair. It's worth pointing out, you're both talking about the line. Our producer, Brenda, she is so much of a hero that she waited in, in line for an hour and a half to Whoa. get us these, uh, Thanks, these goodies. So thank, thank you, you so much. Appreciate the dedication to Chicago food. Mm. Publican Quality Meats in the West Loop is another popular spot that Sydney visits. It's a butcher shop, market, and cafe. And the bread, under the direction of head baker Greg Wade, is arguably among the best in the city. We actually had him on to talk about moving from wholesale to a standalone bakery. Here's what he told us about what publican quality bread offers. All of our special breads, we've always got a special uh, loaf out of the oven per day. We do a rotating daily special. Um, We also do a wide variety of seasonal pastries. So, Carrie, have you visited uh, Publican? Yes, um, I've eaten at Publican's restaurant. I do not eat meat, so not a big fan of. wasn't a big fan of the, the all the <laughs> with um, the butcher shots. Uh, I think you know that was a bit much. But Publican just opened on in Westtown on Grand. They did open a bakery, and it is fantastic. And the line goes pretty quickly. It's not a Kasama line, but. It is the bread and the pastries are fantastic there. Yeah, it's my uh, me, my wife Mina, who you know uh, her her her, well. her favorite bread. I love talking to people as they're trying to take a bite. I'm just going to keep doing. <laughs> I actually am going to keep doing that to you. It's kind of required by the show. Uh, pizza Lobo is one old mm. school. It's an old school style pizza spot in Logan Square, although relatively new. It serves New York style pizza. They also have a location in Andersonville. Uh, Carrie, what have you heard about this spot? Uh, I like Pizza Lobo. I like a good. They've got slices. Yeah, they've they got know, a window you can get get a slice. You from. got a good slice shot. I'm not a big New York style pizza. My husband is, so I feel like we we hit up Lo- Pizza Lobo. It's got a beautiful patio. I liked the shot in the bear of Lo. They did actually modify yeah. the exterior <laughs> a little look, bit. Yeah. I mean. So I don't know about you guys, but when like you know we watch this, it's like wait, that's. That's mm-hmm. Cortez and Damon. I, and, really li- you know. I really like that they didn't put the names of the restaurant. I, I thought that was, it, yeah. Because yeah. it's not a documentary. Right, <laughs> it's a, right. It's a series. And so they want to uh, make it feel more natural and less studied and academic like that, which, which I appreciated. Um, and it was fun to see, oh, there goes Donnie Mati. Oh, there's Rob Levin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Rob Levin, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, so, you know, I guess it makes sense that, that Sydney's visiting this pizzeria that, that has New York-style pizza because... She's probably used to the superior Chicago styles, which she's getting most of the time. But, <laughs> but David, I wonder, you know, we see in this episode that we're talking about, Sydney is doing sort of a, a palate reset, you know, and she's getting, that's exactly what they call it in the show. Yeah, is that something that restaurateurs and chefs actually do? Oh, yeah, go, to, go to different restaurants? Yeah, and, and, oh, absolutely. In fact, my understanding, and this is something that's a common knowledge, I think, in the chef community, um, but not in mine, that... Um, <laughs> 
There's a collegiality among Chicago chefs. Mm. There's a sharing of information. And you saw that in the show when Sidney goes to talk to Donnie Mattia. And right. he gives her very sincere advice about the importance of hospitality, which I thought was fantastic. Or when she's talking to Rob Lovett about what a, a rib tip is. <laughs> um, sharing information like that, sharing uh, war stories and helping each other along. I have heard, and I've seen some of that in action, is a characteristic of Chicago's chef culture. That is, people helping each other, less in competition and more in cooperation and community with the others. Yeah, you often see, like, Mondays, sometimes Sundays are service nights. So, you know, because those are nights that restaurants are off. So a lot of servers and cooks will go to maybe a restaurant that has, you know, service night, and they get, like, 10% off, 20% off or something. Yeah, so, Carrie, you were talking about uh, sort of the lack of of, uh, geographic diversity in the restaurants they go to, which I do think that's one issue. You know, the producers were asking me, if I had been to some of these restaurants, and it's like, yeah, they're all actually like pretty close to yeah, where I live. Same. So it's pretty easy. Same. North side of Chicago, yeah, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, we've got I've got this delicious looking bowl in front of me. You all do as well. The, these uh, cold noodles from Lao Peng Yo, which mm. is also in Ukrainian village. This spot is run by two brothers, Daniel and Eric Watt. Sydney in the show tried their dumplings. Those those are I've had those. Those are also delicious. Let's dig into the noodles, and then when you're finished chewing, Carrie, I want to know what you think of the food. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Lao Lao Peng Yu. Um, This is, yes, in our neighborhood and was kind of a great go-to spot during the pandemic because they were doing takeout. And if I recall, they opened maybe briefly, like not too long before the pandemic. So, you know, we saw a lot of restaurants close during that time, but they had a really great, um, you know, they had they had a good takeout business going during that time. So that's when I first first experienced it. And um they have non-meat options, which is nice because people love to put pork in stuff, you know. And if you don't eat pork, you kind of feel like you miss out on a lot of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I, I love this place. Wait, uh, David, is this your first time trying Lao Peng Yes, Yo it as is. Well? What do you think? Uh, cold noodles are so perfect in summertime. They're, I mean, they even though it's still noodles, <laughs> it, <laughs> it feels lightweight and the, uh, the kind of acidic spicing in there seems like it'd be a great—and the heat— Seems yeah, like they'd be. Seems like this dish would be fine to have on a warm afternoon in Chicago. So, David, you've written extensively about food. I wonder what qualities you look for in a race, in a restaurant that make it great. I mean, the bear spends time. You were talking about it, stressing how important hospitality and services. I mean, what, what's the most important thing to you when you go to a restaurant? You know, I hate to say. Well, I don't hate to say it. Because <laughs> I've, I've got to. Um, I think hospitality is so critically important. I mean, if you go to a restaurant, even if you're, even if the price is very reasonable and the food is good, if you have a, a surly, arrogant, unpleasant server <laughs> putting the food in front of you, that can screw the entire experience so that you go away with a bad feel. Mm-hmm. Even if you're full and like, yeah, that was great pizza or whatever, if the service wasn't there, uh, then really the experience wasn't there. And I think that's what Madia was saying in um, – in the bear when he was talking to Sydney about the importance of everything has to be about service because if you, if you fall on that one you're doomed. <laughs> so, so we've only got about a minute left, but I, we have to talk about we've got Margie's candies in front of us. I love Margie's for the Sundays. I want to I want to have a bite of this chocolate, obviously. But either of you have any like great memories at Margie's? It's this classic old school ice cream and chocolate shop uh, in Logan Square on Western. I remember ha- being driven by it as a kid. We grew up in Portage Park, so we went by Margie's now and again, headed in the city or wherever. Uh, and I remember thinking, "Wow, that looks like a place I'd really like to go." And then in the seventies, I I did go. Um, following in the footsteps of the Beatles, who are probably the most famous people <laughs> to have eaten at Margie's, uh, and I liked it a lot. You know, I mean, it's 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 ice cream, you know, and hot and great hot fudge, which yeah. they make in house. Um, 
But, yeah, it's, it's a Chicago institution. Been around for, what, 90 years, something like that? Another place you got to wait in line for. I wish we could talk about this for, like, a half hour more, but... We have to stop now. Carrie Shepard is a reporter for Axios Chicago. David Hammond is a food writer with a new book out. Thanks for joining me on this culinary discussion. Thanks, Patrick. This episode of Reset was produced by Brenda Ruiz. It was edited by Andrew Merriweather and Linnea Dominic. Hear great conversations just like this by subscribing to the Reset Podcast. We post episodes Monday through Friday with a bonus episode on Saturdays. Tune in tomorrow to hear a fantastic interview with American songster Don Flemons, who sat down with Curious City senior producer Jason Mark. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Patrick Smith, in for Sasha Ann Simons. Have a great weekend.